Bibles to the book of Luke. Chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 19, we will be reading. When you have it, say, Amen. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover, that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you. Bearing a pitcher of water, follow him into the house wherein he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the goodman of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber, where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. And they went and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup. And gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and brake it and gave unto them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Amen. You may be seated. There's so much that could be said, so many subjects that could be presented, so many things can be given out of this passage of scripture. But our subject for this morning is things to remember about the Passover. Things to remember about the Passover. Now, as we all know, today is Easter Sunday. This is the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is also the day many religions and others are on different pages and preaching an entire different message. They do believe there was a man called Jesus born. And they believe he was one that did good. They believe he died. But they do not acknowledge he was God's son. And they don't believe in his resurrection. But as it says in 1 Corinthians, he was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, 
and there is no resurrection of the dead, our preaching is in vain. And your faith is also in vain. And we are found false witnesses of God. And you are yet in your sins. And in this life, we are of all men most miserable. Now, I think about out of all the things that are said, that are preached in all the other religions, if they don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what value is there in what you believe? If all I have to do is live in this miserable life, why do I serve a God who promised me eternal life? Oh, I'm so thankful. When faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then the word of God tells us he not only died, but he rose again. We who are believers, we remember him every day. Not just one day, a year, but every day. And we celebrate his resurrection every day. Not just on Easter Sunday, but on Easter Monday. We do it on Easter Tuesday. I found an Easter Wednesday. And all the other days, I celebrate his resurrection. We know this is the day the world tries to take away from the resurrection with the Easter Bunny. Huh? And we know some churches have embraced it. And the one thing they're doing is they're hiding eggs. That ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. Hiding eggs all around, letting kids pick them up. We, we was on our way to, to the service today, and, and, and we passed the church, and this lady had her dog releasing material on church ground. I told my wife, I sure hope ain't no eggs around there. We have got to get away from what the world portrays and really focus on what really is. Yes. Amen. Friday was the day he was crucified. And early Sunday morning he rose. He declared all power in heaven and in earth is in his hand. Yes. And that power has been given to us yeah. as well. Think about the, the power that you have. You actually can walk down the street and see ants. And you have the power to crush them as they make their little colonies. But even with that power, you have the mercy to walk around and let them live life. All power is given unto Jesus, he has the power. When, when they slapped him, he had the power to call down angels. Amen. Amen. But in his mercy, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. in his mercy, he let them do what they had to be. You, you, don't, you don't realize who I am. You don't realize I died for you that you may have life yourself. I could have did to you just like the man got that withered hand. But I didn't. If we think about some of the things that we have done, and God could have 
done something for what we have done. And really, we didn't mean it in the first place. But we did it in ignorance. God knows that. Now, let's look and compare some things from the old and new in reference to the Passover. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10, verse 20 through 23. And this is what it says. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. God hardened the heart of Pharaoh to show Israel he is God. Sometimes the people that give you the most trouble Maybe the people in your life being the ones that God is using to show you who he is. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. That's dark. Have you ever been in that kind of dark? I mean, the dark we be in, we just can't see, but that can be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. Are you seeing this? Dark so thick it can be felt. The closest that can be explained is, has anyone ever been in a fog so thick that you can't see in front of you? And yet it's daylight. And your lights don't work. They, they don't help you. It is so much fog that you cannot see. And then all of a sudden, you drive into the sun. And everything becomes clear. Egypt could not see Israel who had sunlight. They were all in the dark. They could not see. In 23 it says, they saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. Ain't that a wonderful God? He is taking care of his children in the midst of taking care of those that ain't. It said it was so dark they could not move for three days. Can you see yourself not moving for three days? Huh? Uh-uh. Can't move for three days? Too dark to even look at your watch for time. I mean, even though they, they didn't have the type of what I should light up. But if it's so dark that you can feel it, when you light it up, you ain't going to see it. Amen. Amen. Now, us, if we, were, if we were told something was going to happen for three days, the shelves at the store would be empty. Yeah. <laughs> First thing gone. Will you stay out my message? Still to be it out. Amen. 
Next thing, paper towels. But here's the thing. You couldn't cook because you can't see. Don't know, can't, can't do nothing for three days. I mean, some of us, when we, when we get sick, we can't, we can't be still for five minutes. We got to go do something, go somewhere. I, I, I'm stir crazy. When God is about to do something, he prepares his children and takes care of them. When it comes to the Passover, we're about to look at God warning and informing the children of Israel by Moses. During this plague, again, it says God's children had light. They could see and walk about, but Egypt could not. Today, in spite of all the darkness, of all the misunderstanding, of all the un things we don't understand, we have the light. Amen. Out of all the things man cannot see, God has given us a great understanding. God has moved the blinders by his word. And is continually giving us his word that we may see even further into what's going on. Now, let's look at chapter 11, verse 1 through 5. Exodus 11, 1 through 5. This is the beginning of the instructions that Israel was given before the Passover. And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go. Hence when he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust out you out, hence, altogether. When he lets you go, he's going to let you go. Even though, even though God speaks to us all, sometimes his instructions through one of the messengers are one who will lead the flock when they're distracted. You know, sometimes even in, in trying to do what's right, you can get distracted. Now, I'm glad as minister uh, uh, speaks and, and prays, he prays that there are no distractions or interruptions. And sometimes God's people, even in their reading and study, they get distracted. And they need someone to bring them back on track. This is why you give it pastors according to his heart that will feed you and lead you with knowledge and understanding. God says in verse 2, Speak now in the ears of the people and every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servant and in the sight of the people. Just like God hard, hardened the heart of Pharaoh he also softened the hearts of the Egyptians so they would have what they needed for their journey. And Moses said, thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant. 
that is behind the meal. And all the firstborn of beast. God was not a respecter of person then. And he is not a respecter of person now. Now in chapter 12. Starting at verse 3. And, and please at your own leisure. Go back to 10 and read on. Out of all the things that took place. But for the sake of time. I'm shortening it. That you may get an understanding. Chapter 12 verse 3. God tells them. What they need to do. To prepare for what is to come. Verse 3 says. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel. Saying. In the tenth day of this month. They shall take to them every man a lamb. According to the house of their fathers. A lamb for an house. Just like God was warning them and preparing them for his coming. And had them prepare a lamb for his coming. God is warning us and preparing us for his soon coming now. And we have been given the lamb of God for our house. Verse four said, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house. Take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. If there were not enough persons in one family to eat the whole lamb, then two families must join together. The Jewish leaders believed that there should be at least 10 persons to one lamb and no more than 20. It says your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out of from the sheep or from the goats. Now, listen to this first. Without blemish. The sacrifice had to have no imperfections or diseases. When Christ was sacrificed for us, he was perfect and without blemish. And his coming for a church without blemish, spot or wrinkle. Second thing. The first male. Just as the firstborn would be taken from for them. Just as the firstborn was being sacrificed, Christ was the firstborn male sacrificed for us. Can you see what's happening here? Can you see what went on then is happening now? Remember the scripture tells us, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Look at verse 6. And you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. God has specific times and specific things for them to do. How many understand when God gives you something to do, he does not mean do it later. Or take your time. Think about it. God does not mean do it when you feel like it. Ain't that kind of the page we own? When you instruct your children, parents, to do something, 
Do you expect them to do it when they feel like it? Boy, I told you to do it yesterday. Pick up your clothes. Am I talking to anybody? Get out my message. Is this a would you, could you situation? If it's take out the garbage, is it you leave it until tomorrow? Are there consequences if they don't do it? Maybe. Maybe not. Sometimes we, we warn them once. We warn them Twice, I, I recall back in the day with the three children that I had, their mother would say, do such. Did it get done? You, well, you can help me in my message now. <laughs> However, if it wasn't done first time, second time, I'm going to tell your daddy. <laughs> but I also recall on a particular time, the male child <laughs> of my siblings, my children, I'm sorry, was told to do something. And they didn't. And so I said, go straight to the basement. <laughs> oh, soon how we yeah. forget. Huh? When God tells us to do something, you say, Lord, Lord, I don't remember that. And even in the compassion, honey, honey, don't, don't, don't. I, Ain't you glad you got Jesus in the seat? Rosin didn't help, her, help him down that one. No, it was, it, was, it was Anthony McKinley Vic II who was cutting up when he shouldn't have been. However, if God says to do something and you don't do it, there are consequences. And I am so glad that we have Jesus who died for us that the mercy of the Lord, because if he had not come and done what he did, we would not be here today. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Verse 7 says, And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts, and on the upper doorpost of the house wherein they shall eat it. How many can see God is serious? Amen. This ain't no drill. Remember when, when you were in school, there would be a fire drill just in case of a fire. 
And thank God all the years that you were in and there was a fire drill, there was never a fire. Or, or today, just in case someone comes as a drill on what you do if somebody comes with a gun. This is not a game today. This is not a drill. This is not a just in case. What God said to them then, it happened. And what God is saying to us today will come to pass. Verse 8 says, and they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. I remember again when dinner time come, and dinner was made ready. We came and ate dinner then, together, as a family. If, if you didn't, you may not eat. Again, I know in, and I'm going to say just in my family, we had one daughter. You couldn't even get the last corner of what she was eating. She was swiping that plate up. If you didn't come in and eat, you didn't eat. Even, even at, at home with my sister, we had to eat when, when mama said, come and get it. If I was out playing and having a good time, I had to quit playing and having a good time because it was time to eat. Amen. Mama said it. What God says is not a picnic or a potluck. When it was made ready for the children of Israel, they ate. They did not wait for the morning. This was not just any kind of meal. Look at verse 9. It says, eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. This war, there was a special way it had to be prepared. You could not eat it raw or boiled. It had to be roasted in fire. When it says what the pertinence that is, that is the inner parts. In other words, the lamb had to be roasted intact. Both head, insides, legs, and you ate whatever could be eaten. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded your shoes on, your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. In other words, when you eat, be fully clothed and ready to go. This was no time to do like what we like to do. Huh? Take a nap. That was good, Take it's time time me to rest. No, for us it is God is saying put the whole armor on. Yes. When you feast and eat of the word of God, be ready to go to war. Amen. Because the enemy is not gonna like what you're eating, and it's gonna be time for you to do what needs to be done, or there will be consequences. How many times have we feasted and ate 
the word of God even in this congregation. And when you got outside, something happened. And you soon forgot what the word was said. You was tried just that quick. How many, how many y'all going to be tried when you leave here? Somehow, some, something in this word is going to try you. So put on the whole armor of God. Remember that long suffering we was talking about? It's going gonna, it's gonna to mean it's time to suffer long. If it ain't with your employee, it may be with your spouse. Hallelujah. It may be with your children. Thank you, Jesus. It may be with your parents. Glory to God. Somebody's going to try you that you're going to have to have long suffering. And while you're being long suffering, you're going to show some meekness and some kindness. And all the things you see on the board, all of the joy, do, do it with joy. Peace that passes all understanding. I'm talking to somebody. Lord, it's still good, y'all. In verse 12, God is showing or telling them what he was going to do. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. If you were the firstborn, you would be hit if you didn't have the blood on your doorpost. The firstborn without the blood didn't have a chance. Jesus being the firstborn by his blood gave us a chance. Without receiving the blood shed for us and put on the doorpost of our hearts, We'd be hit. Look at verse 13. It says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Isn't that wonderful? When Jesus Christ died for us and shed his blood, because he did it and we received it, when that time's come, oh, it's passed right on by. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. This was done, again, as a reminder to share with others what God did. For seven days, they had to eat unleavened bread. If anyone ate leavened bread during that time, their soul would be cut off from Israel. For seven days, there was no work except for eating. And they were to assemble together. But for us, the blood, we have the blood over our doorposts of our hearts. The blood of the true Lamb of God. This, the Jesus who other religions reject is our salvation. Yes. 
the grave that has no discharge, for us, we pass through. A Passover is an exodus. An exodus is a departure because of the resurrection of Jesus. We have a Passover or an exodus from this life to a better one. Israel annually observed and celebrated with solemn religions with joy. But because of Jesus, we have a spiritual joy. Because of his sacrifice, he has taken away the sin of the world. We rejoice and celebrate every day. His birth, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We do it in songs, in worship, in praise, the way we live, the way we talk, in spirit and in truth, and in righteousness. We do it by the light that shines in us. We are not Egypt who was in bondage. We are made free as his children by Christ. God said in, in verse 18, in the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and 20th day of the month at evening. Back then, before Christ came, they were obligated to eat unleavened bread seven days before the Passover and then seven days after the Passover which is called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But watch this. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your house. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. You shall eat nothing leavened, in all your inhabitants shall ye eat unleavened bread. But watch this. Listen to what this really means. This time for the Jews was so strict, so strict that on the night of the festival, they did the most strict and harsh search through every part of their house. A strict examination, not only removing all the leavened bread, but sweeping every part clean. So not a crumb of bread would be left that had leaven in it. And being so strict by the letter in the observance of this law, if a mouse was seen to run across the floor with a crumb of bread in his mouth, they would consider the whole house to be polluted and would begin the purification again. I'm not going to let nothing let my house be unclean when I'm supposed to be worshiping the Lord. Amen. How many of us are so strict with this body when it comes to serving the Lord that if anything is out of place, you clean it up. I, 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 I still remember when we were going to the prison. And, and there was a, a, a Muslim, and there was a certain time of year, and, I, and it may have been the Passover time or whatnot, 
they were not permitted to laugh, to joke. Everything had to be serious. And, and I, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know. And we'd go in, and, and we would be, be sharing and talking, and I would say something, and I'd make him laugh. And, and we'd go on, and, and I'd say something, and he'd laugh again. He said, he said, he said I got to start all over again. And, and I, I thought it was funny. I'd say something just, just to make him laugh, but I didn't know the strict seriousness of what they believe, that they had a set time that they had to make sure their body was purged of all foolishness. Do you know that we need to be very strict with our bodies? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know we're supposed to do that daily? Yeah. Hourly. Weekly. Secondly. Momently. Lily. Serious. We need to be serious about what God is saying. This was the Passover that was practiced then. And every year, every Jew out of every nation assembled together for what they knew and was taught about the Passover. The day of Pentecost is a witness to this. But Jesus came and simplified it. Look at Acts chapter 1. And I believe this should be Acts chapter 2 as well. 2-5. And it says this. And there dwelt at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation, under heaven. This day took place so every Jew from every nation could see, hear, and understand that the true Lamb of God had come. And his blood was shed and put on the doorpost of the heart so that all that received him would have life. Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 32. Peter said this in verse 32. This Jesus... Hath God raised up? Wherefore we all are witness. He goes on to say, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith, Himself, the Lord saith unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. That Passover which your forefathers and ancestors experienced was just a type and shadow of what was to come. If kept us until the appointed time of the arrival of Jesus. Verse 35 says, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. 
the Passover that took place then and the lamb that was slain then that your forefathers partook of, the one you crucified and hung on the cross is the lamb that is slain for you. He is the deliverance of today that your forefather received yesterday. God has made him both Lord and Christ. He has put all power in heaven and earth and in his hand. Jesus has declared and glorified his father's name. And we now can declare and glorify his name as well. Because of Jesus, the lame can walk. The deaf can talk. The blind can see. And the captivity captive has been made free. Because of Jesus, your time is now. And with me, my time is up. And I thank you for yours. Can we stand?